to the 100 Women in Golf, the show that reveals the habits and inner battles between big-name women who have influenced the game of golf and those who have benefited from the game in their business. Now, here is your host, Jen Harris. Hey, y'all. Super excited to be here with you uh, as we roll out our second-ever interview of the 100 Women in Golf. We have an amazing woman here today who has been preaching the connection between golf and business for over 20 years. Connie Charles is the founder and CEO of Strategic Solutions International, and in 1993, she developed a unique approach to helping business people improve their performance by using the golf course as a classroom. The principles that help a person play a better round of golf are some of the same ones that apply to business improvement. I can't wait to find out more from her, so without further ado... Let's see why Connie is one of our 100 women in golf. Welcome to the show, Connie. Jen, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun to have you on here. I'm glad we connected, and I'm really excited about your new online platform to help golf individual golfers and also to help businesses. So to get started, I want to ask you uh, a little bit more of a unique question because you are not just in one of the two pieces. So on the show, we have 100 women in golf, women who have been influenced by the game and also who have influenced the game. And you kind of are doing both. So I'd like to see and ask you a twofold question of how you think golf has contributed to your success so far and what you would say is your biggest contribution to the game. Well, great. Let me start with how it has made a difference for me in uh, my business. I have, uh, I started with a very small consulting firm and one of the challenges when you're in a consulting firm, it doesn't matter how smart you are, uh, it's how you get access to the right people who can learn about your services and how you can help their business. And so that's how we used golf. We hosted executive golf schools and invited executives from different companies to come uh, spend a day with us. And part of the work that we do is we use data to help figure out how people can improve their success in business. And I created a version of that that applied to a person's golf game. So we would do these workshops at great locations around the country, and we would introduce them to the unique characteristics of them and how they could improve their game. We spent some time out on the practice range. And at the end of the day, somebody would be raising their hand going, okay, I don't get this. Are you selling real estate or what? And we would say, no, Uh, let me show you the leadership version of um, what you've just experienced today for golf. So we started by helping them with what they wanted, and then we're easily able to migrate to giving them some of what they needed for their businesses. And that's how golf really helped me get access to some very senior people of major corporations and be able to have them as a client. Wow, that's a really yeah. good, that's a really interesting uh, way, instead of taking people out just to go play golf, creating a, a golf school for them, and then converting them to getting their whole team out there. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, and uh, part of the process is, uh, you know, every, well, sort of what you alluded to is um, everybody thinks that that really business golf is kind of like a boondoggle. You go out and you have a good time. You're, you know, it's more social mm-hmm. than it is business. 
But what we were able to demonstrate is the real crossover between golf and business and Mm -hmm. how golf really simulates what goes on in the business environment. Mm -hmm. And our fundamental starting point, whether it's with golf or with business, is starting with understanding who you are as a person. So in that workshop, we were able to introduce the participants to a very practical way of understanding themselves and how that understanding then impacted their performance on the course. And then you migrate to your performance in the business environment as well. Yeah, and that's so true for, you know, as as an entrepreneur, I've learned a lot about myself and my strengths on the golf course and have brought them back into into running this business. So it definitely is corollary and it's really neat um, what you've been doing. So what about um, how you've contributed to the industry? Well, I think uh, nowadays you hear a lot of talk um, about how the golf industry is declining and uh, there aren't as many people playing and... Um, you know, it, it seems like every major speech you hear about the industry, it, it's a little bit of doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't happen to believe that. We just think that there's a transformation going on in the golf industry now. So it's not all about equipment or, um, you know, rounds that are played, but there are different ways to measure the health of the golf industry. Mm-hmm. And part of what we're contributing to this transformation in the golf industry is, again, starting with our platform platform of understanding who you are as a person, we have the missing ingredient that impacts performance. And so one of the reasons people often drop out of the game is they get frustrated with their performance. And if you go to a lot of the major golf schools today, they teach you a method for how to swing. And it may not it may not be the way you learn. It may not be suited to you and what interests you about the game. So what we're able to provide golf professionals, what we're able to provide retailers is information on a person that can help them shape the experience for the golfer so it's more satisfying. Because nobody's going to walk away from something that's satisfying for them. But we've got our finger on what it is that you need to know and then how you can integrate it into whatever it is that you're selling within the game, whether it be coaching or whether it be a product. Uh, So we think it's really exciting. Um, You know, there have been several pivotal points in the golf industry. If you remember back when the video camera first came out and there was this huge buzz about being able to film somebody swing um, and then the launch monitor came out and that helped you track the ball. Well, we really feel like our contribution in the next phase has to do with motivation. Mm-hmm. And we can define motivation for a person specifically around the game of golf. So I think that's our contribution. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, those are two things. Um, whenever I teach women how to decide to play golf and make the time, you have to find the motivation and also how you're going to find the time. So for you to be able to help instructors understand someone's motivation and then also help them change the perception of, of the game, right? Oh, like, yeah, and that's that's the, word. that's the whole thing, whether it's in the business environment on the golf course. The key to success for anybody, whatever it is that you're trying to do, is adaptability. Mm-hmm. 
and and so instructors can learn to adapt to the students students can learn to adapt to the changing conditions that they're dealing with so it's it, that's what it's all about but what we're able to do is to provide data that defines all of that and and the whole aspect of motivation is that there are two layers to it the first has to do with what you love and so that's the easy one to connect with in the game of golf is what people love about the game um, but the second aspect of motivation is what people need. And often that's hidden to other people. So what, when we're able to provide that definition of what people need and combine it with what they love, that's when you keep them in the game, is when yeah. you bring both of those together. But understanding the need element is really tricky. Mm-hmm. And, and so what we're able to do is to provide that through a very simple questionnaire that, that really looks at both aspects of motivation, what people love and then what they need. Yeah, and that's so true in business. I mean, could you imagine an a employer trying to you know, keep someone happy and healthy and, and you know, actually working hard at their company? Right. And and everybody has been in a situation where, you know, you hire somebody and in the interview process there, you think they're going to be this uh, superstar and, you know, just such a great fit for your company. And then six months later, they fizzled out. Mm hmm. And that's often because what attracts us to people is the shared interest. And we mm-hmm. can talk easily about what we love. But it's when that manager meets the need of the employee that they actually keep them mm-hmm. and help them be productive. Yeah. But it's hard. It's not easy to do. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next uh, question. So, uh, you know, you've had a lot of great successes, but were there any roadblocks along your way? And how did you overcome them? Oh, roadblocks, plural, is <laughs> is a good word. Um, I think in the golf industry, it is difficult for women to find entry. You know, if we think it's hard from a playing standpoint, it's even harder from a business standpoint because golf has really been, you know, at the business level, um, pretty tightly held. And a lot of women aren't embraced as easily into it. So I know some of the roadblocks I've experienced is just being being taken seriously um, and that we do have a very viable product to offer. But I'm pleased that some of that is changing. Um, a year ago when I was at the PGA show in Orlando, which is coming up in a, in a couple of weeks here again, mm-hmm. um, it was great to see all of the visibility that women were getting as industry partners, not just playing, mm-hmm. but even as partners in business. So I think some of that's changing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, I definitely have felt that same difficulty to entry you know you you go to the pga show and people ask you what you do and you you tell them you have a golf business and they say oh do you play golf (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you know to me it seems like the silliest question but there are a lot of women in the golf industry that don't play golf and and it it still baffles me how you could be you know no matter what industry i'm in i would take some sort of sort of interest you know even if I was in aeronautical engineering or something I'd learn how to fly a plane you know just to just to know more about it sure yeah that makes sense um and so how how did you overcome so the industry's changing but how did you overcome some of those obstacles and some of that 
some of the difficulty of, of getting into the industry? Well, I think two ways. Um, one is partnering up with the right people. Mm-hmm. And when you are partnered specifically with men in the industry who understand the value that they bring and aren't threatened, you know, by you being female, then then often that can open up some doors. Um, and the and the second thing is is to be credible just with what you're offering. And there's so much in golf today that's gimmicky or, you know, it's 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 uh it has a short shelf life because it doesn't really offer a lot of value. And so when people start to recognize the value that you really do bring, then that opens doors too. Yeah, and the longer you've been it, been at it, you know? Yeah. I think that, yeah. that that definitely helps. Yeah. So you're like, how long is this person going to stick around? How long, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're, you're a cat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're thinking. Um, so let's go on to your golfing background. Uh, when did you start golfing and did you have any hesitancy getting into the game? No, I didn't have hesitancy. I didn't have opportunity. I remember when I was like in high school and college, you know, my father and my brother would go off to play and I kept saying, well, why can't I come? And I never got to play growing up because of some stigma and it could have been I don't even know it could have been the club that they were playing at didn't mm-hmm. allow women but you know I had always wanted to play but I never had and I had um, a couple of opportunities to play like executive par three courses or something like that that really got me hooked but it actually wasn't until early in my career I was actually working for DuPont at that point in time and we had planned this event down in Florida at Tarpon Springs, and um, part of it was going to be the outing, the social time was going to be playing golf. And uh, my manager at that point in time was a woman, and and she <laughs> she really said, there's nobody who's not going to participate. Everybody will be on there. So there was even a guy in his cowboy boots playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was kind of what opened the door to me uh, in a business context anyway. And I just loved it and had great fun. And so gradually after that, I started to play more and more. I still don't get to play all that often. But what I love about the game is... It really takes you to another place, and you have to let go of everything that you were doing back at the office or with your family. So it's it's a it's a real pressure reducer for me. Yeah, it's kind of like you're you're in a Zen space. You're not checking your phone. You're not. No. Yeah, you know, it's great. I mean, I probably get maybe one or two Facebook posts in there if I'm lucky throughout four hours. And I'm out with people. And if I'm in some other social context, I'm probably posting way more than that. Yeah. So I love that that I'm kind of unplugged when I'm out on the golf course. And you have real, you know, I think, I'm hoping, who knows if this will happen, but we're going down this kind of rabbit hole of technology where we're all feeling less connected, even though we're more connected, you know, technologically. And I would love to see that people kind of go back to golf as, as a way to get away from that and actually have real human connection and, and interactions. I agree with you on that. So yeah, that's a, 
that's definitely an amazing piece about the game. I think most people think it's so stressful, but in, in fact, it's, it's the opposite for me. And it sounds like it's the same for you. So let's see, what was your favorite round of golf? Was it that first round with your boss? I can't, let me go back to that. I can't, that's so great that you had that champion. There was a female that got everyone out on the golf course and basically said, no one's going to be left out. You're all going to participate. Yeah. That was, that that was a great experience. Um, I wouldn't say that was my, my favorite round. I I know instantly what my favorite round was. Mm And um, I had the opportunity to play Wildfire out in Scottsdale before it opened. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing like being the first foursome on a brand new golf course. And it's probably once in a lifetime experience, but it was pristine. You know, there wasn't a divot anywhere. Well, after we were done, there were, but, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> but it it was one of those spectacular Arizona days, and here we were on this gorgeous golf course, and it was just us. So it was a lot you, of fun. How did you swing that? Uh, through one of my, um, my associates who was working on a golf school mm-hmm. for them, and we just somehow got the green light to go out and play. I don't even know how it all happened. I just said, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. That was really fun and memorable. That's like if you ever get invited to the number one golf course in the, you know, number one golf course that has a big tournament every year that we'll talk about later at the end. Um, Yeah. You you hop on a plane and you go. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's some things you just don't have to think about. You just do. Yeah. yeah, and so was it the course or was it the people that, or was it both that made it your favorite uh, round? Yeah, for me, like, like if you were to look at my golf profile, you would see that one of the things that really attracts me to the game is the aesthetics, mm-hmm. uh, the beauty of the course, and also not being pressured and being able to get into your own rhythm. And so mm-hmm. it, it was really a combination of things. It wasn't any one thing, but... You know, to to be be playing on this you know gorgeous course that didn't have a mark on it, um, you know, with people I knew well, and and not having any pressure at all, you know, just to enjoy it, pure enjoyment, and it that's what you know was was the best part about that experience. Yeah, isn't going out and playing golf, and I'm I am by no means a slow golfer, but feeling the pressure that you need to play quicker. And you can't go anywhere or whatever, you know, and you're out there. And it's it's just so frustrating. Well, and um, it depends on who you are. Mm-hmm. Because some people, pressure actually helps them play their best round. Yeah. Uh, and they're the kind of person that plays best if no one is taking practice swings. You just, you know, hop out of the cart and up, put your, your ball on the tee and hit it. And that often brings out the best in some people. It sounds like you may be one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> not, not for me, though. <laughs> it's, it's different things that, uh, that I need to play my best round. In fact, sometimes I play best when I'm playing by myself. Mm-hmm. I guess where I was trying to get with that was that not like how I play my best, but just the, the feeling of people always assuming because I'm a woman that I'm oh, the slow yeah, yeah. one. Uh, when I'm out, when I'm out on a course, so I really enjoy when there's no one out on a course and I can play as fast yeah. or slow. I normally play yeah. fast, but 
just at my own pace. There's no one right. in front of me, no one behind me. And it is, it is something to be out there. You know, you were out on that course all by yourself before it yep. even opened or even in the evening, you know, being on a course and no one's out there and it just feels like you own the course. It's just a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a good question. How do you think we can get more women playing the game of golf for business? Well, I think uh, it's women encouraging women to do so. A couple of things. Um, I think there's still some responsibility on the corporate side to set the expectation that women do learn to play golf. Mm -hmm. Because women won't prioritize it unless... You know, it's considered a part of their job and part of their responsibility. And if they get that, then I think that helps them set the priority to get out there and practice and play. And then what can happen is if there are more women's events that create a safe environment to learn and to practice and play, so you get up to speed quickly, then um, I think we'll see more women actually get into the game. Mm-hmm. But right now, there are just so many priorities, it's it's hard to pick and choose or devote the time that's needed to really get into the game. Yeah. Why do you, why do you think that there's a difference between men and women in, in that priority? Do men, do men just realize that it is, that it is a business tool that they need or, or they need to be told as well? Well, I think men are socialized to, to think that way and women are not. Mm-hmm. Just in my own experience, you know, uh, with my family system, yeah, it, it certain it certainly wasn't communicated to me that this was an important business tool. But uh, you know, so if you're and one of the problems is is a lot of times when we're in our younger years learning, you know, we kind of expect what it takes to learn something new. Mm-hmm. But as we go through ages and stages and, and get to later years in our lives, it's really hard to get back to a process of learning that starts with us being a novice. We're not used to being a novice. Yeah, I, I, tell, I tell my clients that all the time. I'm like, well, this is kind of like if, if you were a baby, would you have stopped trying to stand up? <laughs> you know, how many times yeah. does a baby fall down before they finally walk for the first time? Yeah. So it's, you know, having to take that mindset and think, shoot, you know, when I was younger, you know, I worked really hard to become decent at something. Whereas now we just assume, okay, there should be an app for that, you know, to make, to <laughs> yeah, make everything <laughs> easier. <laughs> and it does take time. It does take time, but it may take less than what you think. I was working with this uh, one woman who is a client of mine, and I got a call from her. She said, there's this big conference coming up, and they're having a golf tournament, and I refuse to not be in, be in it. Mm-hmm. So she said, what do I do? <laughs> so we went out to a little executive par three and just walked through some of the basics. Like, don't drive the cart on the green. Yeah. You know, <laughs> here's what a putter is used for. I, I tell you, it was, it was very elementary. So she went to this event. She was the only woman that participated. And at the end, they gave her an award for the most courage. 
And and it was great. So even though she did not play well, obviously she wasn't a golfer at all, she was able to get enough skill to even participate at her own level. Yeah. And it's participating that matters. It's not so much playing well. Yeah, it's showing up. And it's it's funny. I mean, anyone that golfs will will know when you go out there, it doesn't matter what level you are, you get compliments based on how well you succeed or how well you progress throughout the round. So right. it's kind of an interesting world. Like in the office, someone isn't standing behind me saying, whoa, what a great print job. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. We have a team tee off event. That's like that where we, we um, actually get people who have never held a club before involved in this. And we play like a game on the golf course and it's amazing. People who have never held a club before succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, so there's quite a discussion after the fact about what it feels like to not have skills, mm-hmm. but still participate. So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So, so let's go back to, you know, it sounded like when you were younger, I had the opposite experience. My father always told me this was going to be something great for your business and golf was going to be your ticket, right? Right. Whereas you had the opposite. You had your father and brother going off and, and leaving you out of the mix. Um, is there another time where you were really looking forward to getting invited to an event and you weren't able to go or you weren't invited and what did you do about it? I can't remember a time that I wasn't invited, but I do remember times I was hesitant Mm -hmm. and did not feel comfortable going out there and exposing myself as a novice golfer. So it was more in my head that the problem Mm. was yeah. Then, then with, you know, what was going on outside of me, and I think especially in business today, it's important. To, you know, the culture is such that that it offers opportunities equally to men and women. So that's sort of how you have to operate. So the invitation is going to come. It's really what you do with the invitation that makes a difference. Yeah. So how how did did you go to those tournaments? How did you overcome that? That hesitancy. Well, I was able to orchestrate who I played with. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a greater level of comfort knowing that I wasn't running any business risk because of the person, persons that I was going to be playing with. And I was able to kind of handpick people that I knew were, were going to be judging me or anything based on my skill. Did you still use the the day to build relationships with the people you would have wanted to do business with? After the oh, fact? yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and you know the charity events give you a great opportunity to do that. Uh, even if you're not playing with somebody, there's always, you know, before and after events that allow you to connect with people. Yeah, the, the before, I, I say getting there early so everyone can see you, right? Right. Since you're female, there's very few of them and letting everyone kind of see you on the driving range and then maybe chat with a couple people and then play throughout the day. And then it's usually after people will come up to me and say, whoa, you know, how'd you play? And then you get all of that extra attention and I've made some really great business contacts. 
by being there for the full day, you know, instead of just coming in just playing the round of golf and, and not really putting my full commitment in, it's not, you know, it's more worthwhile to, to stay for the whole day. No, it is a lot of time. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. So, and then we've got a couple more questions. So if you could give one piece of advice to women starting out in business, what would it be? Well, I think that the whole issue now for women is around economic power. Mm-hmm. The, the playing field has been leveled quite a bit, both through regulation and I think just the culture has shifted a lot to be um, more accommodating to women and embracing women in the business environment. But I think the place where we haven't reached equity is around money. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where if somebody is starting out in business, you've got to get yourself in a position where you have some control over the financials. Mm-hmm. If not, you'll be stuck in the pink jobs. Yeah. The ones the ones that, you know, are pretty common for women to hold, but they're not as influential in terms of the overall performance of the business. So looking for ways to have P&L responsibility, um, that should be in everybody's career path, no matter what kind of assignment you're looking for. And that's when I think we'll start to see the shift in economic power. But you can even take it to golf, host an event yourself, pay for it, because the money really talks. Yeah, and And so the more your you know, contributing to the charity or the more you're buying a foursome or a table or something like that, it says something about you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes women have a tendency to shy away from the money part of business or even of a golf event. And yet that's where you have the opportunity to really differentiate yourself and step forward. I can remember I was with having lunch with somebody who was, you know, fairly wealthy household name, kind of a celebrity, and I picked up the tab for lunch. Mm-hmm. And he was just shocked. He was shocked, you know, that I just grabbed a check to say, no, this is mine. Yeah. But, but little things like that say a lot about you as a business person. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the business that we need to get more control over are the places, you know, that manage and make money. Yeah, that's a great... Great tip. Um, and probably the negotiation up front as well, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of women negotiate too low or don't negotiate because they're afraid they're not going to get the job if they negotiate too high. But it's, you know, there's there's a sweet spot, I think, learning about that is, is very important for that, that first job out of college or even second sure. job out of college. Yeah. 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 And then last question of the interview. This is my favorite question. How did you feel when Augusta National admitted their first two female members? Um, I think it's really good. I, know, I remember hearing about it and say, thinking my immediate reaction was, well, it's about time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also then my next thought was, well, this is just tokenism. And Mm -hmm. it's a PR strategy just to gain attention. So what really matters is what they did after that. Mm -hmm. 
And if you go back and look at the percentage of their membership now, what percentages, uh, you know, are women? And did do this just as a PR stunt, or is it really genuine? And I think it's still going to take some time to sort that all out. But at least it, you know, made a statement, and and it made the right statement. And it, but there's a long way to go beyond yeah. that. I'm sure, you know, if we looked at the statistics of how many female members there are that aren't married in members, yeah. I bet it's a very low number. Yeah, that's my guess, <laughs> at too. Club. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, even though it is, you know, it was, I think it was just a breakthrough to say, you know, we're not going to be an all-male club anymore. And there are clubs that don't even allow women on the premises that are still around today. So, yeah. Um, but it was, it was a, a monu- monumentous, monumental moment, and um, it's just exciting to see some women around Augusta with some green jackets on. Yes, absolutely. So is there absolutely. anything, uh, I know you have a new product out that we want to give an offer to some of the listeners today, right? Yeah, so can Absolutely. you tell can you tell us a little bit more about that? I took the the survey. Is it a survey or no? It's a questionnaire. Yeah, it's, it's a like questionnaire, an on, online yeah. questionnaire, and found out what my motivators were. Um, and I think you know, for me, it was you know nice to see that what I thought my motivators were were pretty much my motivators, but also to see what the coach can do with right. that information. And I think that was that was really interesting for me is to yeah. take that to my coach and say, okay, here here are the ways that I'm gonna learn. So, you know, if you look at a diet and you have someone trying to tell you, say, drinking something you can't take out of your diet, right? <laughs> because yeah. you, you're going to dinners all the you know, you're going to these dinners all the time and entertaining clients and stopping drinking might not be something that can happen and your trainer's like, well, you have to quit drinking, you're probably not going to go back to that trainer. So, (laughs) you know, I think this is the version, but for golf instead of for a diet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and it's called imatmygolfgame.com is the site. And on it, there's a questionnaire that you take. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes to complete it. And then it will give a report about you. And it's designed to look at four layers of you. What you love about the game, what your strengths are when you're playing your best, what you need to play your best, and then what happens when the wheels fall off and you end up in some sort of stress behaviors. And these are things that you may have instinctively known the more you've worked on building your self-awareness is probably not going to be anything surprising. But what it does is it gives you a way to articulate some pretty important things about you and to bring them to the center of your awareness so you can start to do something differently. So there's some tips in there as well as to how you can apply it. And what we're offering to your listeners is if you go to imatmygolfgame.com and register, there is a place to put in a promotional code. And if you put in high heel golfer, all lowercase in that promotional code slot, then you will uh, get the report for free and it'll bypass the need to put in any credit card information. So we'd love some feedback from you in terms of how you think it might help your game. And also this produces some data about you and we can migrate to more personal information that goes to a lot more depth from this. Mm -hmm. 
So I hope your listeners enjoy it. Yeah. And if anyone that goes to IMAP, my, my, imapmygolf.com. It's imapmygolfgame.com. I will, you can send it over to me and we can have a, a chat about your golf game as well and how you can, you know, boost your business on, on the end that, that I know as well. So just put that out there as well. Well, thank you so much, Connie, for, for coming on the show today. I learned so much. I think the biggest, the biggest piece that I remember was the key to success is adaptability. And that's something that I'm going to take home with me and, and really remember that it's, it's never going to be perfect and you always have to adapt. And that's how, um, you can get to the top. Great. Good. I'm glad you're, you're getting that as your takeaway. And thanks for having me, Jen. This was fun. Okay. Wonderful. Take care.